Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Calibus Resources, we're a gold development company in the Pilbara of Western Australia, uh, currently doing building a stage one of Warrawoona, which is 90,000 ounce per annum gold operation, very low all in sustaining cost of 1,300 Aussie an ounce. Um, once that's bedded down, we'll be looking to expand to around 130,000 ounces per annum with our, our stage two works, which is the inclusion of the high grade blue spec mine. Um, which generates a very healthy 140 to 150 million Aussie EBITDA per annum. In the meantime, in parallel, uh, we're exploring. We see a lot of potential for extending that mine life of eight years uh, and a lot of greenfields uh, work to be done around the properties. Beautiful. Um, Dave, thank you very much and uh, good, good afternoon to you. Um, we, we're calling up because um, last time we spoke, I think it was the beginning of December, you just um, agreed... Oh to um, take 110 million bucks from um, uh, from Macquarie. And it's taken a long time, but you, you've just taken the first 25 million of that at the beginning of the month. Wow, what took so long? Well, so with the debt, you obviously don't want to draw it straight up because you're paying interest. Um, so we spend our equity first and then draw the debt when we need to draw the debt. Um, so that's why we did that. Uh, first drawdown of 25 million, that'll keep us going a couple of months. We're in sort of the high burn rate out on site with construction uh, and ordering, et cetera. Uh, and you know, then we'll start to see less chunky amounts being drawn down in a couple of months. Brilliant, okay. So there's no, there were no issues. It's just that's normal half of the course. You don't want to be paying too much interest uh, whilst you're waiting to start, start the meaningful constru construction. Um, so does that mean you've spent all remaining equity? Are you right up against the wire on that front? Yeah, so we obviously have a cost to complete a project, which is made up of debt and equity. And you know, the cost minus the debt is the equity you need to put in. It's not necessarily the amount of cash the company has. Um, so we work out what that amount is, plus finance charges, et cetera, et cetera. And we expend that first before we start drawing debt. So in other words, yes, we believe we've put in enough equity. The company obviously still has you know, cash sitting behind it um, to do things like exploration and studies and, and make sure we've got enough if there was any you know, extra contingencies needed. But we've put in what we need to put in and the debt should see us complete uh, the project. Can you break down the equity um, spend then? So what have you allocated to where, given that the exploration component is quite important to you? Yeah, so look, you know, being, being blunt, um, we have to pour gold on time, on budget, and make sure we're making good money. That is going to make or break the company in the next 12 months. It's not going to be expiration holes. So we're doing a lot more greenfields than we've ever done before. You know, we've always looked just around Klondike. So we've got um, a team of two in our regional geology team out mapping and exploring around uh, the area. We're doing stream sediment sampling and some low spend exploration gathering data working out where we want to drill next uh, our exploration budget for the year uh, is a couple of million dollars on top of that we'll be doing drilling into blue spec a part of the feasibility there that's that high grade 16 gram mine we we recently bought um, so we'll be putting some holes into that very shortly uh, and that's an extra spend and i think we've got about three million budgeted for the blue spec feasibility and drilling 
So it's really it's really interesting the way that different companies approach the, their strategy. So you're saying because um, a lot of companies that come on here they go, oh, we want to go from one million ounce to one and a half to two million to three. You know, that's the way they drive value for their shareholders in their in their opinion, right? You're saying actually the best thing that we can do is get into production as soon as possible and then we'll worry about building up the um, resource on top of the 1.5, 1.7, whatever it is today. Um, is, that, is that the way you're approaching it? Yeah, look, I think yeah, at some point you have to press the button. What are you here for? Is it just to drill or is it to, to build a, a mine and a company? Um, we figure we got to the tipping point where by drilling out more, it wasn't going to change the size of the plant. It was only going to increase life. Every dollar we raise in equity now um, for that drilling is dilutionary to shareholders. Um, so rather use cash from operations. Uh, so stop the spend on drilling, build, and then use the cash flow from the operations to do that, that future drilling. And, and at the end of the day, in theory, you should have a better MPV per share for shareholders. Right. So the, the, the resource, the, well, the extension of life of mine, the size of the resource, that'll come later. It, you, it's all eyes on the prize, which is getting into production by Q2 next year. That's number one priority. Correct. Yep. So we've gone out publicly saying in Q2 next year, we will be pouring gold and uh, we've met all our targets to date. We certainly intend to make that one. Right. So it's, all, it's, it's, it's tight, but manageable. It, you know, hopefully no weather issues, hopefully no issues in the market. You're all good. Yeah. So look, you know, there's challenges at the moment and we're obviously working to make sure that they don't affect us. Uh, we've had a delay on our mill motor. It gets manufactured by Toshiba in India. With COVID there, they've been shut up and they've only just reopened. So it's delayed it, but we ordered it so far in advance, it doesn't affect our, our timing. Um, so we've, there's been a lot of effort by especially our main contractor, GR Engineering, to forward order steel, rebar, mechanicals, um, because there is cost pressures, inflation pressures, availability of just raw goods, steel, rebar um, pressures. So you know, they've managed that very well. And you know, we've spent quite a bit of money up front to help them you know, mitigate those risks. Uh, but it's all on track, yes. So with regards to the debt from Macquarie, is, is any of it conditional? I, if, say, things do slip by a couple of months, you just draw down on the debt. That You're not going to be stopped by Macquarie because uh, some extraneous uh, event has slowed you down. They're not going to be concerned that you've slipped by two months. They'll still let you draw money down if you needed to ahead of schedule. Yeah, look, every time you do a drawdown with any bank, um, there's a what's called a cost to complete that you do where you look at the forward forecast, look at where you are and make sure with that debt, you've got enough money. And if uh, there's an independent technical expert that checks off on all of this, and if they believe that you, uh, the debt alone is not enough, then the company is required to put more cash in to make sure that completion can occur. And that's why I say we've put the cash in for our equity component that we believe we need, but the company still has cash if it was to ever get to that. Now, we are you know, 30% of the way through the spend now. Um, you know, we're, so we're quite advanced. And uh, you know, we certainly don't believe that that's going to be an issue. Okay. Um, we better get to the boys' toys, but you should be a picture before we start. Well, the video, actually. I quite liked it. So I thought we'd uh, add it on the show. Do you want, do you want to share your screen and maybe uh, show people what you're doing? 
Oh, yeah. look at that. Look at that, indeed. Um, so, yeah, this is site uh, about a week or so ago. Um, lovely Warrawoona. This is the, in the distance is the hills where the ore body is, but this is where a lot of the activity is taking place, is building this plant. And um, I've just got to move to the side so I can see my buttons. I've got it on another screen. There we go. Um, so if we, if we look at that, uh, what we've got is the crusher foundations going in here. This is a reclaim pad so we can drive loaders up and throw it into a bin, whether it be a conveyor taking ore along from the crusher into the mill. And these are the, the mill footings here. Um, from there, it goes through a gravity circuit, the ore, and then it goes into these tanks. And we actually tweeted and LinkedIn and whatever today, these are starting to get put one on top of the other and coming out of the ground, which is good. Uh, then we're going to have the power station here, the LNG storage, the diesel storage down this way. Um, this is the raw water pond. That's all lined now, ready to take water. Um, then we'll have McMahon's out of open pit contractor. They'll have their workshops and what's called the go bay and dead bay where they, they put their machinery. Um, that'll be here. And a couple of dongers beneath the, we call this Dean's tree, is very keen on saving this tree. Um, that will be our admin um, buildings there. Uh, so, you know, we've pretty well finished the bulk earthworks there. I'll just speed this up. We'll zip around. Uh, this is going out, looking down the access road. And then, oh, just if we come back to here, we can see beyond the tower, the camp. Oh, it went, anyway, sneaking in the background. And away we go. So, look, plenty happening. We, we've got a bit of dust in the background. That's a tail stand um, that we're building down there as well. Um, so, finish the bulk earthworks, now really into the steel and concrete. Tail stand underway, and shortly we'll be starting the mining of the ore body to put up on the wrong pad. Brilliant. Look at that. And so a few things that there's a sort of big moat type structure around this. What, what was that? Yeah. yeah. So that's a cutoff trench. So, it's, you know, we are in a cyclone prone area. So we do get big dumps of rain and this catchment area needs to flow. And you want to keep clean water out of the process plant. So you put a big diversion drain uh, around the plant to, to capture that. And then it sheds it off into the creeks and it's not contaminated because any water we uh, we do have. This is one here. It doesn't really show it. We've got another big sediment pond off to the right. We've got to capture all the water that falls on the process plant site um, to make sure, you know, all the sediment, all the, any contaminants get withheld on site, whereas we want to divert the clean water away from site. Got it. And, and just in terms of infrastructure, so you, it's quick. it's a really good video. It just shows you are in the middle of nowhere. So what, what's... What's the, uh, how do you get water? Where's the power come from? And did you drive in there? Yeah, so Marble Bar sits just over the top of, that's Warrawina Peak, probably about 30 kilometres away. It's a thriving township of 150 people on a good day, maybe 200. Um, so that's where our communication link goes back to. There's a road that comes out that's a public road to within seven kilometres and we put an access road in last year. Um, if I drag back to this view here, you can see, um, I need to stop this, oh, no, let's stop. Um, this pipeline coming in, that actually comes from a bore out in the ranges on the shear. That's where we get our construction water. 
Um, but for the main plant, we will be installing a, a pipeline from out in these flats. There's an old tin mining area out there, 40 kilometres away with lots of old bores. So we'll be re-drilled those bores and we'll equip a pipeline um, to bring the water in 40 kilometres. And is that one? So is that a, like one of those sort of like fixed pipelines? It's one of those sort of you kind of got a, like a flexible, I don't know, four inch. Yeah, they're called um, poly pipes, uh, and they sort of come in hundred. These ones come in hundred meter rolls. You roll out and weld them together, and off you so go. It's cheap. I guess I'm going. It's cheap. It's not going to be forty kilometers. It's not going to. It's not it's cheap, and they're white because of the heat. We are in Australia's hottest town, um, so normally it's black poly. But if you lay out black poly pipe, you can imagine after 40 kilometres of water coming out, um, you're not going to be showering in the village or anything else. So, you know, we do need to keep an eye on some of those things with the, the heat that happens out in that part of the world. Fantastic. Well, that is exciting. So this this is beginning to be the, the sum total of um, where the money's gone to date looks like and i'm just going to see some of the other things here so so how big is the camp going to be how many people are going to be on site so the camp is fully complete we've got 240 rooms uh in that camp um we've put a little bit of extra money in there you know there is uh, if you follow australian mining at all there is quite a labor squeeze out here at the moment so you need to make your camp attractive so you know we've put bit of extra money into the camp. We've upgraded the comms so everyone can have their own Netflix streaming at night and they call home on data. We've upgraded the food package to make sure it's good, good gyms, good whatnot. So that's all been put in place, knowing full well that you know, labour is tight and we need to make it an attractive place to work. It's interesting you say that. I think, don't think people um, understand the, the need for that. I was talking to someone in Canada last week and they're saying, Drill crews. He was he was um, using um, three drill crews, uh, uh, so three shifts per day. But because some of the excitement and froth in Newfoundland, people were paying more money, so he's actually lost the the three shifts, and he's down to one shift per day. It's yep. you got to pay. But when times are good, you got to pay. So Fortress Australia, um, we've got our borders up because we get one case of. COVID and we shut down. Um, and, uh, and the biggest single issue is there's no migration, no immigration. And the mining industry has certainly relied on immigration you know, to help out. And we're going through a commodity boom, iron ores booming, coppers booming, nickels booming, lithiums booming, golds booming. Everything's booming. So the, the sector is just alive in, in WA, which is fantastic in many ways. But now getting to that point, uh, especially, well, across the whole spectrum, I suppose, that labour's getting tight, skills are getting tight, and, you know, we're seeing wage increases, we're seeing inflation, it's real. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's starting to be noticeable, certainly on materials as well. Um, so with people, where were people coming in from in terms of, um, you know, these external mining skill sets that you're looking for? Oh, from all over the world. So, um, you know, a lot from... Uh, Europe, Africa, India, uh, in particular, I'd say, would be the main right. areas of immigration. New Zealand, we're sort of in the same bubble, so they can still come in, but there's a lot of Kiwis working in the min mining industry here. So how does that work? So if they've got to come in and do two weeks of isolation in a hotel, which they've got to pay for, presumably you don't want to be the company paying for the two weeks plus the hotel and then find they go and get a job somewhere else. Yeah, so, you know, firstly, from a New Zealand point of view, there's a COVID 
travel bubble here, so that's fine. They don't need to do quarantine. But from anyone else, the problem is you can't, I suppose apart from like we're doing now, a Zoom call, you, you can't really get to meet someone and make sure it's, it's all going to work out. So, yeah, you'd sign them on, you'd bring them into quarantine, but we're obviously trying to find people we can go and touch and feel in the flesh, so to speak, and you know, make sure that they're going to be a good fit for, for what we're after um, and go from there. So, you know, trying to bring in new labour and people that are happy to go into quarantine for two weeks. Uh, it's problematic. Well, you don't mind if you're getting paid. Um, can we talk about Blue Spec? Because we sort of touched upon it last time out, and you, I know you've, um, there's sort of 12 and a half million bucks uh, to fund the new, uh, Blue Spec. Can you tell us what's going on there? Because obviously it's, just, it's, it's part of the phase two development component. Mm. So yeah, we released a scoping study um, at the same time as, as purchasing the final portion to take us to 100%. So what we're planning to do is first goal, you know, April, May next year, let's call it, bed down Warawena for six months, get through all the bank completion tests, make sure that's humming, and then we can press a button. We'll have finished the feasibility at that point on blue spec. So keep in mind, blue spec, 220,000 ounces at 16 grams, uh, whereas we're putting 1.2 grams through the plant. So, you know, it's a step change um, in grade. So we'd like to get into that as, as soon as we can, but we need to bed down phase one. So once we're in blue spec, um, it'll take couple of years to get fully up and running because it's an underground that really starts 300 metres down. Um, but it will add 40,000 ounces, give or take, per annum to our production. You know, that will, I think, from a, a cash flow, it adds about $150 million pre-tax um, to, the, comp- to the, the project cash flow um, versus the, the cost is 20 all up to, to buy it. So, you know, good, good return versus the, the purchase cost. Um, and just takes us into a lot more meaningful producer size. Yeah, you, you're sort of up around 130,000 ounces. Um, mm. I think I read somewhere you're also consolidating some of the land packages around there. Have you got everything you need now? Super excited about that. And that's what the regional team, a lot of the focus is on, is especially to the west of Blue Spec. There's eight kilometres of strike that's never seen a drill hole. Um, to the east, there's drilling and there's known smaller deposits. So we know it's a mineralised corridor. Um, we know where the shear is. We've done all the sort of geophysics with tracking styles of mineralisation um, through gravity and magnetics and radiometrics. So now we're getting on the ground doing stream sediment sampling. That will allow us to focus in on some areas for some detailed soils and then hopefully drill and you know, hopefully find some shallower blue specks you know, in the eight kilometres to the west of there. Do you, own, uh, you don't owe any more money, do you? No. Done. All good. No. Right. Okay. Fantastic. Um, and and just just I know you sort of said well, you've, you've allocated a little bit of money for explorations in as wide as context, but I've also t- looked at something that's talked about doing a little bit of infill drilling along the way too. So is is that happening still, or are you going to wait till June? So we're doing at, at Warawena, at Klondike, the open pit. We're doing grey control drilling as part of the getting ready for operations. Right? You know that's really not that announceable, um, but we are doing six diamond holes into blue spec for metallurgical and geotechnical work for the feasibility study. So that's obviously going to target the ore body and we would hope to see some pretty sensational hits coming out of that, remind people how good this ore body is. Um, so that will, you know, we'll put out an announcement shortly when that drilling is actually kicked off. 
Um, but, you know, we're looking forward to, to actually drilling that all body ourselves and getting that information and getting some of those results out. Nice. Okay. Well, um, I just, well, actually, I tell you what, I, there were a few questions sent in actually with regards to processing in the region, just gen- generally in terms of what right. you're going to be able to do. And maybe, you know, because there are, there are a few sort of, you know, well-known names around, in and around you. Um, what, what is the setup in the region, you know? Right. So our nearest, there's two mills within 100 kilometres of us. Um, there is Novo Mulligan, who have started up their Beaton's Creek deposit through the old Millennium plant that they refurbished. Um, and, you know, that seems to be hitting its, its straps recently. It was a bit of a slow start, but it seems to be getting better. Um, so they're about, about 75, 80 k's away as a crow flies. Um, but that mill's full with their own material. Um, Bamboo Creek sits to the northeast of it. It's a small little underground that's got a mill there, but really not doing anything. And then you've got Capricorn, uh, who are about to pour first gold in the next few weeks, market cap over 700 million versus our less than 200 million, so a little plug there. Um, uh, they, yeah, they're about to pour first gold, and they are south of Newman, so that's probably three, 400 kilometres to the south of us, Pilbara being quite a large area. And then you've got De Grey out to the west, who are still just obviously drilling for the resource, and that's uh, you know, 200 k's to the west of us. Um, so, you know, huge activity. The Pilbara is where the new mines are going in in WA. It's where the big ore bodies are being found. It's sort of a bit of forgotten child that sat up there for quite a while. And now you've had all this infrastructure from the iron ore coming in. It's opened it up a bit more. There's some new geological models to pursue and, you know, it's a place to be. Yeah, yeah, de- definitely seems to be hotting up around there. Um, that's, that's, it's interesting. And so even like smaller sort of stranded assets are, have got a chance then? Yeah, look, stranded assets have a chance. Um, it's certainly something that, you know, anyone with a plant looking to add life would, would certainly be interested in. Um, but it obviously takes two to tango. Um, you know, we've certainly done all we want to do until we get value in our share price. Right. Okay. Well, it, um, Dave, nice update. Thanks for sharing that video. That's um, exciting when you can look at stuff like that starting to happen. Uh, all on schedule. Uh, stay in touch. Let us know when you uh, actually are nearing production. Be be pretty exciting times. It's going to go pretty quick by the looks of it. Then, quite frankly, if you're in for I can't believe it's June already, it's going to go in the blink of an eye. I think. Um, you know, it's been when you think we listed in. June 2017, and before we had that, it was, you know, had it for maybe a year before. So it's happened pretty quickly. You know, we're talking four years pretty well to the day since listing, and we are fully into construction. And less than five years since listing, we'll be pouring gold for uh, I mean, it only had a few hundred thousand ounces on it at the start. So, you know, pretty happy and, and proud for the company on what we've achieved so far. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.